Welcome back to the Future Focus Terminal Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Fairchild. Today we're talking about intermodal peak season. For those of you that have been in the industry for a long time, you know that intermodal peak season has changed. Ocean carriers used to have a much more dramatic peak season, but volumes have smoothed out over time. On the flip side of that, parcel or e-commerce peak has really grown and elongated over time. But changes or not, one thing has remained the same. It is the most important time of year in intermodal. And many, many people have to work together and be committed to make it successful every year. Today with me, I have some of our experts from ConGlobal to help me talk through this important time. I'm gonna introduce them now. I have Ryan Schwartz, Vice President of Advanced Solutions, Scott Coleman, Vice President of Business Planning and Analysis, and Charles Dawkin, our Senior Manager of Operations Training. Welcome guys, and thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. I'm gonna have you guys introduce yourself to the listeners. Uh, Ryan, would you mind starting us out? For sure. Uh, first off, look forward to talking to all the transportation and logistics enthusiasts today. Um, as Shauna mentioned, I'm Ryan Swartz, our VP of Advanced Solutions here at ConGlobal. Uh, I've been in the industry for just over 10 years, ranging roles from operating equipment, frontline supervisor, terminal manager, area regional manager, to IT, back to operations. Um, and here I am now in our uh, solutions role. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan. Scott, will you go next? Yeah, thank you, Shauna. Yeah, as you said, I was a, I'm VP of Business Planning and Analysis. I've been in the industry for about 15 years uh, between railroading and ConGlobal. And primarily, most of those years have been spent in intermodal. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about talking about peak. Uh, it's something that I experienced year after year, and uh, it's just going to carry on in the future. Thank you. And Charles. All right. Happy to. Hey, I'm Charles Dockin, Senior Manager of Operations Training here at ConGlobal. I joined the ConGlobal team about two years ago, just shy of two years. Um, had about 16 years of learning and development experience uh, working for mid to large size companies, uh, just improving their training solutions and bringing them into the 21st century. So uh, we aimed at doing that, coming here to ConGlobal, and it's been a, a phenomenal transition of that during that time. So glad to be here and do this. Thank you, Charles. And yes, he has absolutely done that since he's joined us here at ConGlobal. All right. So Ryan, you're the one that gets to be on the hot seat first. So can you tell us a little bit about peak season? Is it just seasonal influx of demand or is there something else that we should take note of? Yeah. So to your point earlier, there used to be um you know, three phases, right? The international peak, the domestic peak, and then the priority LTL parcel peak, um, ranging from, let's say, late August into September for the international piece. Domestic would pick up after that, and then they would both kind of tinker down a little bit for the parcel LTL piece. Uh, starting with international peak, um, we have a longer runway. Obviously, it's coming um, from across the ocean, um, gets here into the States and transloads, which then pushes you straight into the domestic portion. Um, smaller runway uh, at warehouses, DCs, things of that nature. And then we walk into the parcel priority LTL portion. Um, and what we've seen over the past few years is that season continues to get longer and longer. Uh, historically, it was after Thanksgiving to just before Christmas. And mm -hmm. last year, it was a couple days before Thanksgiving. And with the e-commerce world and returns, it's pushing itself all the way past New Year's. Absolutely. So Scott, how about you walk us through some of the challenges that businesses face during this season? 
Thanks, Shauna, for that question. Some of the challenges that businesses face, uh, and this, you know, for all logistics, it's the supply chain, it's it's railroads, it's trucks. I kind of look at things in terms of there's four areas uh, that we need to focus in on and forecasting the predictability of peak um, is one capacity and resource allocation. That's second. Uh, pricing and specifically spot pricing during the time of peak is a third area element. And one that's uh, often forgotten about or not talked about is time. And what I mean by that is there's an expiration date to the to the goods from the time that they're ordered to the time that they need to be delivered. And Ryan had alluded to that. We have uh, back to school, you, ha you have Black Friday, you have the holiday shopping. So the goods have to be there um, in order to meet these expectations of, of the consumer. And mm -hmm. so just hitting on that time element creates that extra sense of urgency. So if you think of transportation throughout the year, we're moving at a marathon pace, right? A very There's a sense of urgency, we're moving quickly, but when we get to peak, uh, the challenges are it's more like a four by one relay race mm -hmm. where we're sprinting and we have to pass that baton and there just really isn't any room for air. When you drop that baton, you know, it's, it's hard to recover and win the race. Peak is a lot like that. Um, there's a lot of activity, sense of urgency, and it brings into that predictability aspect uh, that, that I had mentioned earlier. Transportation has a heartbeat. And so we know when peak is going to start, about when it's going to end. But what we don't know necessarily is the amplitude of demand. Mm -hmm. How strong is it going to be and in, in which markets? And so we have to really uh, spend a lot of time and energy uh, as an industry uh, getting that right, because that leads right into capacity and, and resource allocation. We have to stage equipment. Uh, mm -hmm. to, to be able to handle this increased demand and movement. And uh, we have to make sure our labor force is prepared and ready too. Uh, and sometimes that means uh, moving labor around and, and, and moving assets around. When it comes to pricing, the hard thing there for, especially for retail, is by the time they order the goods and before it even reaches peak season, no one is really sure what that that surge pricing, that spot pricing is going to look like. Mm -hmm. um, and, that, and that's all driven based on demand. And so if, if we have a really strong peak, you could see spot prices go through the roof. And that really has an impact on, on the, the retailers on securing additional assets to move their freight. Mm -hmm. So those are the challenges that, that we see uh, within the industry. And uh, it comes down to a couple of different things. You got the variables that we can't foresee and we can't predict, which is weather. So we've got to be able to have plans in place to recover from that. But there are definitely other variables out there that we can control mm -hmm. or we can put um, things into place uh, to control. Uh, and I'm going to talk a little about technology. And this is my, one of my favorite things is that we're implementing at Con Global technology to kind of relieve some of those variables, such as inventory and gate congestion. Bringing that up, it's think about if you're moving at a very fast pace, you don't have time to fumble, uh, you know, the, the baton. And just think about the domino effect of a container, an asset being out of place and not being where you're expecting it to be. And this could be at a rail yard. It could be at a, a warehouse yard. It could be at the depot. Mm -hmm. The technology that we're implementing and the technology that we're distributing throughout our network gives us that real-time visibility and it alleviates that. And we're, we're implementing technology at the gate too to get rid of those bottlenecks. So it's really important for us to control what we can, but then have plans in place, again, essentially a rebound when like weather takes place, something that we can't control. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Scott said a few things that I want to come back to you, Ryan. 
So he talked about the labor and the resource planning. So when you think about Peak, given your background in operations, you know, what kind of things have you had to do in a Peak environment? You know, how have you had to adjust or think about labor and resources? For sure. So Scott um, mentioned the forecasting and at times the unpredictability piece of it. And some of that will always be a bit of the nature of the beast. The best example I think I can give is let's say a, a given location does a, a hundred units a day. Generally that hundred has a, a, a high level plan and they're spaced out and you have some sort of rhythm to that plan. Pete can really condense those windows to where it's not so much an average. You just have these high windows of production needs. So mm-hmm. from a staffing and resource perspective, it makes it a little more challenging. And, you know, back to the parcel LTL high priority stuff, um, the availability of those containers and trailers are very hot um, is an ops word we use, mm-hmm. but which again goes back to the demand and resources and just heighten intensity and service. But I would go back to what Scott brought up on the, the technology, increasing the visibility, um, streamlining these processes and really you're starting to connect uh, ecosystems that just didn't talk before. Yeah, absolutely. In that parcel space, I mean, you can't fail, right? Correct. And, um, you know, it's anecdotal, but I've heard with our Verispot technology, for example, that we're using that um, for some of those parcel customers in that exact way that we're um, not failing, right? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the um, maybe the, the industry norm is, you know, uh, you get a yard check, um, and at a high level, it's someone going out there and checking containers, um, making sure they're where they're supposed to be. And if they're not, they're giving you a location update. And those are happening, you know, a couple times a day. Um, so you might get a location once a day or twice a day in a particular box, but back to the heightened sense of alert. So if a train comes in at five o'clock and it's deramped or available at 530, an over the road driver might want it at six. Um, the traditional ways of yard check won't catch that inventory with solutions like Verispot. We're able to streamline that process. The older or more traditional methods are just not capturing that data and streamlining it. Mm-hmm. And, and with the Verispot technology, for example, uh, we are able to assist in that process. Fantastic. Are there any other layers or other ways that we remove pressure from customers that you can talk us through? For sure. So first part on the additional layers piece, there's a process that call it blue tagging chassis. So chassis uh, over the past couple of years have been at higher demand than uh, historically. Um, so for priority shippers, chassis will be blue tagged and pre-tripped essentially and stacked or stationed in certain parts of the yard. So then when those trains do show up, it's easier to service. Mm-hmm. Um, the next layer would be a triple set of number verification. Um, so every peak season train with priority freight gets a third set of numbers. Um, a cool part about what we're doing with technology is we're actually getting the Verispot solution to check that, which will allow our frontline resources to better use their time. So I think another area that we help during peak is with um, communications. I know it's critical during all times of year, but it's specifically heightened during peak. Is that fair? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So um Right now, the communication piece is generally from the DCs to the local yard team, um, yard team via radio, cell phone, fax, paper, to the various frontline workers out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked earlier about connecting these ecosystems. So as you have the site IO gate and the Verispot solution, you can start to streamline this cookie crumb trail directly to the end customer versus some of the, the more old school ways of phones and faxes and all that kind of stuff. All right. Thanks, Ryan. I'm going to let you off the hot seat for a little bit. And Charles, I'm going to turn to you. All right. 
All right. So Charles, in terms of training, how do we prepare for peak season? Well, thank you, Shauna, for that question. We prepare for peak season by being prepared at all times. Uh, we start off with just a phenomenal culture of safety. And this is established from day one during new hire training. Uh, they get to meet other newly hired employees during an orientation that we do virtually. They also have time with experts that join those sessions. Then they move into a on-the-job training program. They are prepared very well through a safety-first mentality and approach to everything we do. Uh, we really start with safety everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, when we meet with our teams, we speak safety first. Before we get into other topics, it's let's talk about safety. Um, whenever we conduct training. Everything is from a safety first approach. Uh, we talk about safety first and we talk about safety when we get to the end. Um, so we circle that all the way through. Uh, from that point, uh, there's even other certifications that people complete uh, when they get a little further along in their progression of their career into lift equipment and other qualifications such as that. So one of the things I picked up on um, was the management training. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. Uh, the labor market that we currently find ourselves in uh, makes it a little bit more challenging to grab somebody that has a lot of developed, honed soft skills. Um, and so we're promoting from within a lot mm -hmm. as well. Um, folks that are developed in that area, we just hone their craft of soft skills, if, if it were, uh, as well as when we bring in folks from the outside, we want to incorporate them into the Kong Global Leadership Principles. And by doing a development training, a leadership training, uh, it allows us to grab them where they are, find out the skills that they currently have, mm -hmm. and just make a consistent training measure of what leadership skills should look like for Kong Global team members. Thanks, Charles. Ryan, I'm gonna come back to you. So versus our competitors, one of the things that makes us different is the fact that we have multimodal solutions. So we're not just an intermodal service provider. And so, you know, how can we really leverage some of the other services that we provide during peak season to help out the supply chain? For sure. It's a unique uh, difference maker for us. So we have uh, adjacent depot facilities that can be literally touching the intermodal facilities or just right down the road. Um, so those allow us to alleviate congestion before it becomes a problem within the terminal, keeps the terminal fluid, mm -hmm. uh, gives additional capacity. We also have uh, various services like quick repair, which allow us to assist the outside driver to save uh, over the road service. Yeah. And even with the depot services, we even offer drayage. So one of the things that we can do is we can even come get it for you. Correct. From, you know, off of the rail terminal and bring it over to the depot for you. Yep. All right. So Ryan, I've been uh, bothering you a lot during this podcast. And Scott, you've been sitting there, um, you know, allowed to be quiet for too long. So I'm going to put you back on the hot seat. So how are we looking at data and trends to help us forecast? And especially as it, you know, relates to peak. Thanks for that, Shauna. Um, and, and Ryan alluded to this, and the question you asked Reiner a little earlier here is that uh, what makes us different and unique is that we're more than just uh, terminal operators. We're more than just a depot. Um, we have a, a very broad, diversified portfolio of, of, of business. And so to answer your question, one, we're always gonna use uh, historical data, external and internal, right, to, to create a baseline and, and, and to understand peak and what might be coming. We're also going to always listen to the experts out there mm -hmm. and, and uh, hear what their thoughts are because they're looking at a lot of information that uh, we're not necessarily looking at all the time. 
But one of the unique things that we're doing is we're also uh, overlaying our business. Um, for example, we know that there's a, a strong inverse relationship between uh, storage at our depot and intermodal volume. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we watch the flows and the, the inventory levels rise and decrease, we can, with some level of certainty, understand what's going to happen to our intermodal side. So we're looking for ways of of looking at our comprehensive business and and overlaying it and and to see these correlations and and understand um, how can we better project in the near term and now we're also looking to how can this relay into something into a long term look mm -hmm. so we're we're I'm excited that we have the diversity that we have and it allows us to get the bigger picture yeah if I uh, hadn't seen the models and seen that some of the markets are telling different stories right now I might uh, ask you to tell our listeners what we're seeing. <laughs> <laughs> I might tell you to make the prediction, but uh, no, I, I don't think I'm going to put you on that hot seat today. <laughs> um, but no, you're, you're doing some uh, amazing things using our, our data to make some predictions. And, and so maybe if some of our listeners want to ask us offline, we might be willing to share. All right. Um, one, one of the, I oh, do, do want to add, one of the advantages we have there is that we get to look at it by market, too, and mm -hmm. not just a, an overall peak, right? So, yep. Uh, it gives us some insights into very specific markets. Yeah, and that's precisely what I was talking about is uh, some of the great modeling that Scott has done. We're seeing um, some different indicators in, in different markets. So it's it's quite interesting to see how some of the different markets are moving. Okay, so Charles, um, how are we really driving uh, safety proactively? That's a great question, Shauna. We start with our safety briefings in the morning in the operation, uh, they kick off every shift this way. So they get together as a shift. They talk about a safety pillar, which could be, it's a focus of that period of time. And so it could be walking and climbing. Mm -hmm. It might be fit for duty. It might be equipment operations. And so they address a, a current safety focus. And then at that site, they discuss exposures that are out there to watch out for to ensure that everybody knows the safe path to take and travel, as well as um, any other exposures that may be sneaking around the corner, mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, additionally, they perform stretch and flex exercises to prepare for the day. Uh, it's, it's really just embedded in everything we do as it relates to safety. It's, it's the name of the game. It's the job that's never done. It is, as, as Brant so eloquently puts it, oftentimes, Safety is not just a priority because priorities can change. Mm -hmm. It's a value. That's right. Values do not change. Um, and we have the incredible experience of getting to, you know, help embed that culture into our new hires on day one. Mm -hmm. um, but that carries forth through everything they do at their terminal. Um, those safety briefings are integral to ensure that that is constantly communicated. Um, and so, as I mentioned earlier, we don't meet without discussing safety first. It's it's really just who we are as opposed to what we do. All right. Um, I'm going to ask you all first if there's anything about PEAK that you want our listeners to hear that you haven't had the opportunity to tell the listeners. Scott, you want to go first? <laughs> well, <laughs> put me on the hot spot there. Um, sure. Uh, I will say that, you know, if you look at a typical peak, if we could predict um, where the volume was going to come from and, and where it's and how it's going to flow. One thing I will say is what 2002 did or 22 did for us and, and this pandemic is that freight can take a detour 
and it can show up in different ports. And we saw that happen in 22 to where mm-hmm. uh, our, our LA Long Beach was down, but because of congestion and it found its way into the Gulf and over to the east. So we've, we've got to be prepared. Um, it's not just planning in certain areas. We've got to be prepared across the entire network uh, if we want to make this smooth. And we have to be at the ready for things to change uh, almost instantly in the freight world. So that's one thing I'll add. Yeah, Scott, I think something I'll piggyback there is the level of teamwork and collaboration that happens during peak season is something that I've always been a little astonished of and maybe um, wishful thinking that it could be all year round. But you have, you know, tens to twenties to 30 different companies, service partners, all working together for one collective goal for this 35 day stretch during a very family oriented, busy season on top of works busy. And just to see it come together and generally turn out in a safe, successful peak is just something pretty cool. I would just piggyback off what Ryan said. It's collaboration and communication. Mm -hmm. Uh, From a a training standpoint, uh, we communicate and collaborate with the field and we coordinate times to meet, to train, um, to improve our skills and enhance our skills. That's a little more difficult during peak season. Um, There's a lot more focus of getting the operation done safely. Um, So we tend to not schedule training commitments at that time that would take somebody out of their operation duties and put a further burden on the terminal. So, uh, but preparing for that ahead of time is the Mm -hmm. name of the game for, for us, for what we do. Absolutely. So Scott, what does future focused terminal mean to you? Future focused terminal? Mm -hmm. Um, To me, it is technology. It is advanced solutions, which is what Ryan's uh, basically coming in to be in charge of. It's it's taking the uh, the ineffectiveness and inefficiencies out of the entire streamline of, of the supply chain. And so by doing that at the terminal where things can become the most congested and it can really bottleneck the entire uh, industry, it's about streamlining everything from the, from the time something comes into the gate, off the train, and then out the gate. All right. Thank you. Ryan? So I'm going to piggyback on technology, not just because because Scott said it, because I truly uh, believe it. And we've been given a great opportunity over here to make solutions by operators for operators. And the biggest thing I would say is generally in in this space, sometimes people want uh, the home run solution. Um, And although those are great as well, uh, singles and doubles add up, especially when you're looking at high volume and repetition of high volume. Um, So we've been able to successfully implement those solutions and continue to look to uh, gain more traction and help our workforce and help our customers. Awesome. Thank you. And Charles. All right. You guys stole my answers. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, But I would also say technology because that is our future. And when we leverage technology appropriately, it allows us to come up with solutions that we weren't able to come up with prior. It also allows us to rethink ways that we do things, the ways that we work, the ways that we operate and what exposures we will face when we're Mm -hmm. working and find ways to eliminate those exposures or engineer ways around those exposures. As a, as additionally, I would say we as a Kong Global family do a phenomenal job of thinking future focused already mm-hmm. because we go right back to our operators and That's we right. solicit their advice and their help. And we say, hey, where are there five steps where there could be four? Mm-hmm. Where are there solutions that we haven't seen that you're seeing? Share that with us. Yep. And sometimes, oftentimes, I would say that's where we generate the most profitable ideas 
from the standpoint of more than just money, but being able to work safely and efficiently. We get those ideas from the guys that the guys and gals that do this every day. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's one of our values, human ingenuity, right? Absolutely. And so whether it comes in the form of technology or whether it comes in the form of process, um, that's what we do here. And it all circles back yep. to our mission of taking care of each other, taking care of our customers and taking care of our business. And when we do those things well, it's a great day. That's right. Thank you guys for joining me. I think this was an exciting and interesting episode. And thank you listeners for joining us as well. I hope you will follow us on your favorite app. And until next time, take care.